This is Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church with our senior pastor, Reverend Jerry Barbie. Today's message is, What is the Question? Today's service was recorded live on September the 19th, 2021. Even me, 
Brother Larry's going to sing this morning, so let's do the words. glad God loves you today. You know how much he loved you? 
He gave his very best. The problem with Christians is we don't give our very best back to him. He deserves a whole lot more than what he gets. Amen? I want us to sing that first song one more time. God so loved. And I want you to think about it. God so loved the world. No, he loved the world, but God so loved Jerry. God so loved Pam. God so loved, uh, you know, whoever you are. When you sing the song, you put your name in there because God loved you just that much that he gave. He gave. How many know God's always giving? Giving. We're always taking. Take. Is that all right? <laughs> How many is glad God loves you this morning? Let's, let's sing that song one more time. I want you to get into it and just worship the Lord. I just feel the presence of the Lord strong here this morning. Just don't lose it. Don't push him out. Pull him in. Come on, come on, come on, let the Lord come to the well that never runs dry. Yeah. Drink of the water, come and thirst no more. Thirst no more. Come all you sinners, come find His mercy. Come to the table, He will satisfy. Taste of His goodness, find what you're looking for. 
him down at the foot of the cross. Yeah. Jesus is waiting. God so loved the world. Ain't that Amen. something? Bring all your failures. Bring all your addictions. Bring it all to the Lord. He's right there for you. Amen. How many feel the Lord this morning? Glory. You be seated if you want to. Anybody got a good praise on your heart right now? You just can't hardly wait to tell it. Anybody? Come on. Uh -huh. He has walked with me this year. He has helped me in my family. In June, I was diagnosed with colon cancer. They operated over the spot that they took out. had cancer in it. They took out 12 lymph nodes. Only one had cancer in it. And I just praise God. I said, Lord, if you want me to stay here and be a witness for you, Touched my body. And then just yesterday, I stopped my pills. I was sick. I was sore. I stopped my pills. I said, God, if you want me, take me home. If you want me to stay here, I'll be your witness, dear God. Yeah. That's the life that I'm going to live for Jesus Christ, my Savior, my Lord, my God. Amen. And there's no God like my God. You know, we all in the hands of God anyway, ain't we? Thank God for doctors and all they do, but you know, God's the one that makes the ultimate decision. And uh, so we're just thankful this morning we have a God that loves us today. God so loved that he gave his only begotten son into the world that we could be saved. I'm glad you're saved this morning. If you're not saved, you need to get saved. I mean, really, seriously. In this time and world we're living in right now, it's just a mess. Uh, so, but it's scripture. The Bible's being fulfilled every day because Paul told Timothy, as we said last week, he told Timothy, Timothy, know this one thing, that in the last days you're going to be living in dangerous times. A lot of things will be going on, Timothy, but it's going to help you recognize the last days. How many know that we are living in the last days right now? Church, the church right now is living in the generation that could usher Jesus Christ back to this world. Somebody shout praise the Lord right there. Amen. We're living in the best of the best of times, even though it seems like it's the worst, the worst of times. No, nope, it's the best of times, you rest, rest assured. Uh, but, uh, but what they're telling us now, if they don't do something with the government, they make a, I don't know, I don't understand all that stuff. Uh, if they don't make some kind of ceiling thing for the IRAs, I mean, not the IRAs, but the, uh, the uh, uh, 401k plans and all this kind of stuff, they told me the other night, that, that somebody's going to wake up one day and about two-thirds of your 401k is going to be gone. So you folks that's got your faith and your trust in your 401k, you might want to turn it all over to Jesus and let him take care of it. How many know little is much in the hands of God? So I don't have to worry about it. I told somebody yesterday I got enough money to live the rest of my life. So I'm not worried about it. They said, really? I said, yep. If I die the next few minutes. <laughs> so, you know, I got the money to live the rest of my life. Anyway, God's in control. He's the one that's got it all, and I just put my faith and trust in him. Can I get an amen? Somebody shout praise the Lord. My mess up here is going crazy this morning. Anyway, last week we talked about a passionate, uh, about uh, being 
more about passionate Christians, being more passionate about what you do for the Lord and be more passionate about your life, be more passionate about what, who Jesus Christ is in your life and what you can do for him. I remember John Kennedy as a small boy, John, President Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. How many remember that? Some of you do. Some of you remember, it won't say you do because you don't want to think you're that old. But you're not old this morning, folks. You're young in the Lord. Can I get an amen? amen. But he said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. So I'm thinking this morning, I don't need to be asking a whole lot what, what Jesus can do for me, but I need to be asking what I can do for Jesus. Uh, because the more I do for the Lord, amen, the, 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 the greater things are. I don't work for the Lord or do things for the Lord because I'm expecting a great return. Uh, but just because of who we are and what we are in Christ, uh, you'll never do nothing for the Lord that he will not reward you back for it. Amen? So last week we talked about being more passionate, about uh, being passionate Christians. I had a pastor friend of mine call me this week. They listened to the message. He, he, I was talking to him. I was running to him in a store over there, Aldi's, I think it was, and we were talking a little bit, and we got to talking. Every time, every time I meet with him, we, we get to talking about scriptures and different things. And so what I was telling him about, you know, I preached the message, and he said, well, I want to go listen to it. And he listened to it. He gave me a call. He said, Brother Jerry, that's one of the most powerful messages that I've ever heard you preach. I said, really? I preached a lot of messages in the last 43 years. He hadn't heard them all. But nevertheless, he said it was. He said it was a good message. And he, he said, I'm going to pull some points out of it. I said, that's fine. Go ahead and do what you want to do with it. Use it as, as, as much as you want to. I don't care. Today, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about what is a Christian. If we're going to be passionate Christians, we need to know what a Christian is, right? I'm going to get me a chair and I'm going to bring it up here and I'm going to just sit down. Start just looking at y'all. Because y'all looking at me. I'm going to just look back at you. That all right? Yeah. What is a Christian? All of us sitting around saying, well, I know what a Christian is. You may do, and I hope you do, and that's really good. But I'm going to try to break out some points this morning about a Christian. There ain't going to be nothing you probably don't know, but I just feel it in my heart. This is what we need to do. Somebody needs to hear somewhere in this world about what is a Christian. Amen. But amen. But anyway, so we talked about pastor Christians. God said, those that honor me, I will honor. You remember that? If we honor the Lord, he's going to honor us. Amen. Every day that goes by, Satan is actually believing that he has the victory. Every day goes by. He's believing he has the victory. He actually believes uh, that the church is, is literally going to sleep. We spoke about that last week. How do you kill a sleeping giant? You kill it when it's asleep. And the church is, is, is not going to sleep. Let me just say this. Uh, the church hasn't gone to sleep. Uh, she's just done a couple of yawns. Uh, you know how it is when you yawn before you get really go to sleep? Uh, you do a couple of yawns. Uh, but then when something happens uh, that, that, that gets your attention, uh, it'll literally snap you out of that sleepiness uh, and it'll wake you up. You ever been there? I mean, have been watching TV or you've been to the movies. Uh, you're watching the movie and you're, you're sitting there and you just get dozing off and dozing off. But all of a sudden, uh, something happens. Uh, it gets your attention uh, and all of a sudden you're wide awake. Uh, well, I got news for you this morning. Uh, that's what God wants to me to tell you. Uh, things are about to start happening. Uh, that's going to wake you slowly up uh, and you ain't going to be sleeping. You ain't going to be yawning. You're going to be awake with God uh, and you're going to see who God is uh, and what God's all about and what God's about to do uh, in this life that we're living in right now but listen to me 
Even in the best of that, there's still going to be people yawning. Because I don't agree with it. I don't like it. I know this. I know that. All this kind of stuff. There's going to be somebody that's going to complain about the very best that God can give you today. That's just people. That's the nature of people. Amen? But God's getting ready to do something. The church ain't asleep. She's just yawning. Amen? So, what I want us to know this morning, things are going to get brighter and brighter. In other words, the light of the church is going to get brighter and brighter. The light's going to shine so light, it's going to bring light on all the darkness. The darkness is going to be brought to light, and God's going to reveal what's going on, what shouldn't be going on, and where it's going on, and how it's going on, and people are going to be surprised. It's called discernment of spirit. Amen? So we need to be much in prayer. As time goes on, there will be some left because they are not as passionate as they should be. You see, the Bible tells us that there's going to be a great falling away. Huh? There's going to be a great falling away. The church better get more passionate about Jesus uh, than themselves. It's not about me, it's not about you, it's not about us, it's not about anybody else, but it's all about Jesus Christ and him crucified. I mean, it's glad for what the Lord done for you. I mean, we sang the song this morning, he gave, he gave, he gave, God, God, God gave all he could give. God's done all he can do. He's held nothing back, he's given us all. Now it's entirely up to you and I to get uh, what we know we need to get from God uh, that we're going to be able to make it through this wearisome land that we're living in right now. Amen. What is a Christian? What is a Christian? Look at your neighbor and say, what is a Christian? Now look back at your neighbor and say, are you a Christian? <laughs> Let me say this first. Vision. Vision is a mental picture of what could be or what could be fueled by some passion of what should be. Vision is a mental picture of what could be fueled by some passion of what should be. How many passionate Christians in the house this morning? I got three of you. What is the Christian? Let me give you the perception. What is perception? Perception is the ability to see to hear or become aware of through the senses. In other words, the, the, the sight, the smell, the touch, the hear, the taste, perception, the ability to see or hear or become aware through the senses. So the perception, the answer to the question, what is a Christian? Will vary greatly depending on whom you ask. To some, <clears throat> my voice is gone. To some, it means you are born in a Christian nation or you come from a Christian family. That's what Christian means to some people. You were born in a Christian nation. Well, I remember just a few years ago that the president said that America is not a Christian nation. He said that. And I remember not too many years ago there was a party that threw God off the platform. Got mm, quiet now. So if America's not a Christian nation, that means I can't say that I'm a Christian because I live in a Christian nation. But I got news for our president. America is a Christian nation. America will always be a Christian nation. 
I don't care what they try to do, what they try to put down, what they try to tear down. America will always be a Christian nation. Why? Because there's always going to be somebody in America that's going to be standing up for God, that's going to be praying to God, going to seeking God, because God's had a remnant of people all the years that the world has ever existed. He's always had a few people that has stood the ground and made it be known that God is still God. So, what is a Christian? To others, <clears throat> it means you believe in Jesus or the religion that is based on Jesus' teaching. Yet others use the word Christian to speak of a deep personal relationship between Jesus Christ and an individual. I mean, it's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where it starts. What is a Christian? The biblical definition says the Bible is the authority for the Christian faith. Let's see what it says about the word Christian. The word is only used three times in the New Testament, and each instance is referring to the first Christians of the early church. Frankie, do me a favor and go in there and get me a bottle of water and bring it to me. <clears throat> so, so for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. It's the first time. They were first called Christians at Antioch. Acts chapter 11, verse 26. Sister Jeannie, I didn't give you nothing this morning. So you ain't got a scripture at all. You just have to, I just have to try to do the best I can with it. Then Agrippa, in, that, in Acts 26, 28, then Agrippa said to Paul, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? King James says, almost, almost I persuaded me to be a Christian. Almost. How many know almost don't work with God? But we'd be surprised how many almost Christians there are. That's in Acts 26, 28. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, almost, as well as I said, thou persuadest me to be a Christian. First Peter chapter 4, verse 16. Jenny, I'm sorry this morning. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. When you're going through something, when you're suffering, when you're going through something, you know what you're supposed to be doing? You're supposed to be glorifying God. Think about it. Go back and read. Go back in the Bible and read about the folks uh, that literally stood there and literally died for the gospel's sake. Think about all the disciples, every one of them but one. Every one of them died a martyr death except one. That was John. He died on, 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 on the Isle of Patmos. But before he died, he was put in a, in, in a, in a, 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 a only way I know how to explain it, he was put in a vat of boiling grease. Huh? Just like you would do a fried chicken, you just drop it down in that boiling grease. And he fries up and gets done. I don't know how he made it. I don't know how he come through it. Except by the grace and the mercy of God brought John up out of that. Peter was one that they said, we're going to hang you. He said, well, if you hang me, don't hang me like my Lord. Hang me upside down. I'm not worthy to be hung like my Lord. But hang me upside down. All of them died a martyr death. Paul and Silas in prison. What were they doing? Praising and glorifying God. Beat, beat almost to death. They were praising and glorifying God. Now somebody says something about us, we can't hardly stand it. It just takes, uh, takes us completely out of proportion. I can't believe they said that about me. Well, get ready. They're going to talk about you either way. 
And I just tell folks, they're talking about me. They ain't talking, they're, they're letting everybody else alone. Just talk about me. It's all right. Amen. First Peter 4, 16. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. They were called Christians because their behavior, their activity, and speech was like Christ Jesus. How many of us are like Christ Jesus this morning? That's what we're supposed to be. We'll, he set the example that you and I are supposed to be setting towards ourselves and one another. They were called Christians. Christian means follower of Christ or belonging to the party of Christ. You got your Republicans, you got your Democrats, you got your independents, and then you got your Christ. Christ party. Which party are you on? Which party am I on? I want to be on the party for Christ, don't you? Somebody shout praise the Lord. The whole church had a tank right in to just jump up and shout glorify God. So what made them part of this group called Christians? The Bible says that, that good works do not make us acceptable to God. Some people think the more I do for God, the closer I get. No, 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 no. No. The Bible says that good works do not make us acceptable to God. In other words, a person can live to a high more standard. In other words, you can be one of the good old boys. The good old boys ain't what makes it. It's the ones that's got, that's got a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and, and, and they're living for the Lord. They got that relationship, amen? You can, you, you, you can be a person, you live, how more is it? Give money to feed the poor, go to church and serve their neighbors and yet not be a Christ follower or be a Christian. You can do all that. You can do all that and still not be a Christian. People do things like that because it makes them feel good. I've done my duty. It's not, it's not a duty to serve God. It's a privilege to serve Almighty God today. It's a privilege. Titus chapter 3, verse 3 and 6. Or oh, 3 through 6. Titus 3, 3 through 6. <clears throat> For we ourselves also were sometime foolish. <laughs> that means they've been foolish. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful. You ever met any hateful Christians? And hating one another. Hateful and literally hating one another. Do you know people go to church and they hate one another? And stand up and just, mm, 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 just do it. And despise their neighbor. But I got news for them. How in the world can you love God who you ain't seen if you can't love your brother or your sister who you have seen? It don't, that's what the Bible says. There's no way you can love God and not love everybody else. Talk about being a Christian. Titus said, hating one another, but after that, now listen, but after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. All right? Foolish, doing all these crazy things, but now all of a sudden, Jesus appears. He makes the difference. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
What's a Christian? Hey, Titus is us all about. You can't be a Christian and still be foolish, still be disobedient, still be deceiving, serving divers' lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy and hateful and hating, hating one another. You can't be a Christian in that matter. But when Jesus comes into picture, I tell people all the time, I tell my son, I've told, I've told, I've told my grandson, I've told, I've told a lot of people, especially my son, I say, hey, but let me tell you what you need to do. If you put God into your equation, you'll see things a whole lot different than you've ever seen them before. You'll see things work out different than they've ever worked out before if you put God into your equation. He said, Daddy, I got God in my equation. I said, that's good. I didn't hear that. He said, I pray all the time. I said, that's good. It's good. But I, want, I don't want him just praying. I want him serving. I mean, there's a difference in just being there and serving. Amen? Ephesians chapter 8 and nine, chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 explains it further. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith. I mean, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, you are saved through, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Now notice what he's saying here. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. What is it? In that scripture, what is it? Huh? For by grace are you saved through faith, and that uh, not of yourselves, it, he's, what, what Paul is saying in Ephesians, he's not saying that faith is the gift. That's not what he said. It is salvation. Salvation is the gift of God. Verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. Huh? Some people say, well, the more I do, you know, I'm working hard. You, you just won't believe the things I'm doing. It don't matter what you're doing. Because that gives you room to boast. If it was all according to works, some of us would be in trouble. Because some of us ain't going to work as hard as others do. It's not in us to do it. Some of us is, ain't got that drive to just keep doing and doing and doing and doing. We don't have a drive. Some people can't sit still. They can't do it. Some people have has got it that they, there's a motor in them that never turns off. And they're going all the time. I tell my wife at home, I said, why don't you just sit down and be still for a minute? What are you doing? She's the only person I know that can sit down and watch TV and get right down to the last five or ten minutes of that show and, and not even know what's about. They're fixing to tell you everything that's took place the whole time, about five or ten, fixing to really get into it. She'd get up and walk off and start doing something. I said, have you lost your cotton pig in mind? What are you doing? There's something there that just drives her. I tell her, so you lay in bed at night just think of things I can do the next day. Well, some people's got that drive in them, and they're going to push and push and push and push. Somebody like Frankie sits down and relaxes. He sells cars. Hey, grass these morning. Hey, bud, will you come over here and mow the grass for me? Yes, sir, get it done. You see, some people just relax. Notice people at church. Notice the, you can tell the workers at church. I've been here three and a half years. I know all the workers in church. I can almost count them on my one hand. That's a crying shame. When I go to the kitchen, I watch. You can almost count them on your one hand. The same five or six people is always back there cleaning up, washing dishes, getting everything ready done. Other folks get the plate up, throw it in the trash, out the door to run. 
Is that the way we should do it? Or should we rotate? I'm meddling now. I can tell that. Praise God. Praise God. Quit meddling, boy, and go back to preaching. Not of works, lest any man should boast. You ain't got nothing to boast on. I don't care what you do. If we tear this place down and two or three rebuild it, they can't boast on what they've done. That's not what it's all about. It's all about Jesus Christ and him crucified. Notice what else he says, tells us in Ephesians. For we are his workmanship. Not our own, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. When you, when you get saved, you start serving God, there's something in you that wants to work for the Lord. Not because of something you want to boast on, it's just there and you know that God wants you to do what needs to be done for the glory of God. Which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Amen? That we should walk in them. I got a mess right there. So, that's what he wants to do. Walk in Christ. Walk in the spirit of the Lord. Love in one another. Is that okay? How many, I want, I'm just, you know, I heard Brother Mike preach last week. How many heard him? Amen. Some of you didn't hear him here. You heard it on the, on the screen. Some folks heard it on the radio. He made a statement last week that's really penetrated me real hard. I mean, this. He made a statement of what he did. If I'm not mistaken, this is what he did. He come out from around behind here and he stood up here somewhere right along here and he said, preachers or pastors, I just lost my word. What's the word, Brother Mike? Preacher or pastors won't be, uh, God, I had it right on the tip of my tongue. In other words, they hold back. What did you say? You remember what you said? They hold back. They won't be, what's the word for it? Clear. Transparent. Yeah, he says something to the fact that, that pastors won't be transparent with you. Pastors hold back. Preach, pastors hold back. You know why they hold back sometimes? Because they know for a fact they're going to make somebody mad. Somebody else, well, not somebody else, but anyway, was talking. I was talking with somebody this week, and he said, if you try to fix it, you're going to hurt yourself. You try to fix it, you're going to hurt yourself. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That hit me dead straight in the heart. Because I'm not one of them preachers that just coasts along and let everything go like it all like you want it to go when I know it needs to go another direction. And when I try to get it to go in another direction, that's when things start happening. That's when things start to get stirred. But it says if 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 you try to fix it, you're gonna hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beat his head against the piano. Remember that? You remember when he did this right here? I started telling him, don't do it too hard, you're gonna bruise your head. <laughs> But if you're trying to fix it, you're going to hurt yourself. I've prayed about that ever since I heard that statement. Prayed about it. And you know what I feel from the presence of God? God says, son, you might hurt yourself with people, but you won't hurt yourself with me if you're standing for the word. If you're standing on the word and you're going my direction, 
You won't hurt yourself with me. You'll just hurt yourself with people. Now, let me go ahead and tell you something. I know for a fact that people can mess you up. What is a Christian? A Christian is somebody that won't mess you up. A Christian is somebody that get in behind you and back you up and support you to do what needs to be done for the glory of God. I'm talking about church universal now. I'm not just talking about this. Is that okay? I'm mighty quiet today. I'm going to get David up here and they're going to sing that song again one more time. Notice what he said. We are his workmanship. God's workmanship. And we should, that which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Let me tell you something. For it is by grace you have been saved of faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. These verses clearly share that salvation, being born again, is clearly a gift of God. Nothing we do can earn us salvation. Nothing. You can't earn salvation. Jesus has already paid the price for salvation. So if he paid the price for it, there's nothing I can do to earn salvation except accept him as my Lord and Savior. A true Christian is a person who has accepted God's gift of salvation and put their faith in Jesus Christ. This includes accepting Jesus' death on the cross as payment for our sins and his resurrection as proof of his power over death. We just sung a song. We're going to live forever. All believers are going to live forever. We're going to live forever with the Lord Jesus Christ. What is a Christian? The believer's response. Once you answer the question, what is a, what is a Christian? You have the personal responsibility to ask yourself, what does this mean to me? Have I rejected or have I accepted God's gift? What have I done with it? If you've accepted God's gift of salvation, how has your life changed? I see people that once in a while said, you talk to them say, hey, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you saved? Well, I go to such and such church. They ain't what I ask you. I said, are you saved? Well, I go to church. I've been baptized. I was baptized in that church years ago. I don't care how many times you've been dunked in water. How many know that don't save you? If I, if I could give you the true count, I could tell you what it is. Somewhere between 11 and 13 times I've been baptized. Between 11 and 13 times. Not because I need it, because I was there when the baptism was going on. I just stepped in and said, hey, baptize me while we're doing this. Seriously? Yeah. And God gave me the privilege to baptize six people into River Jordan. That was an experience. So I have baptized folks, but I've also been baptized. I've been camp me for, for uh, not camp me, but youth camps for, for many years. And when we have baptized, I baptized 72 people in one day. And after all was said, no, when I got through, I said, how about you baptizing me? So many years, many times I've been baptized. Baptized, you go down a, you go down a dry center and you come up a wind center. That's what baptism does. But baptism is an, as an outward ex expression of that you are a servant of Jesus Christ. You've been, you've been, you've been, you, you, you death, burial, and resurrection, you come up. Amen. That's what it represents. What I understand. So what is a Christian? You have personal responsibility to ask yourself, what does this mean to me? What being a Christian, what does it really mean to me? Have I rejected or have I said, if you've accepted God's gift of salvation, how has this, uh, how has your life changed? Do you have the mark of a follower of Jesus Christ? A Christian. If they was to come in this morning, if the guards and the police and the FBI and the SBI and the CIS and all them folks come gathered up in here this morning <clears throat> and says, we're going to lock every Christian up in here and they check every one of us 
Would we have enough against us that they have to lock us up as a Christian? Or would they say, well, you, you, don't, you won't be locked up today. You won't be locked up. Why? Because out of the mouth, you confess. Amen? It's not just confessing. It's living the life. Your life has got to prove. That's where the proof is. The proof is in your life. The proof is in the way you live. The proof is in what you do. The proof is what people are seeing in you. You know what we see at church? We see our very best. Yeah, we see our very best. We take a mask off, throw it in the car. We come in church, we had our very best. Everything's good, hunky-dory, I'm great. How you doing, Sister, Sister Carolyn? Bless you today. Bless you, Sister Angie. I need to see you anyway. Yeah, there's a marriage going on. Bless, bless, bless. But they don't know we just had a fight with our husband or our wife. Fussing all the way to church. I know there's a preacher friend of mine. I don't preach no more. There's a preacher friend of mine. He told me one time, he said, Jerry, when I get to the church, and he was advantaged. He said, a lot of times when I get to the church, before I ever put my hand on that church door, I take that hand right there he said, and I slapped myself as hard as I can slap. I said, what in the world? He said, because of the junk I go through from home to church. The junk I have to go through. So before I get to church, I slap myself. I said, what do you do that for? Trying to knock some of that junk out of me so I'll be able to preach. You see what I'm saying? You don't know what the person beside you is going through. So before we point a finger and pass judgment on it, we need to pray about it. And God will move on you to go to that person and say, look, I just sense in my heart, sense in my spirit that if there's anything I can do to help you, let me know. I have people call me sometimes on the phone. I just had you on my heart. Just want, just want to know, is there anything I can do for you? I've been praying for you, but is there anything else you need? Are you doing okay? Is this all right? I have people call me every once in a while. I have preacher friends that call me every once in a while. So you're doing all right. Just checking on you. Amen? The guy sitting on the front row, he calls me about three or four times a week. I'm just making my phone call, make sure you're all right. I said, I'm fine, just looking for that truck. <laughs> See, what is a Christian? A Christian is somebody that loves one another. Amen? You know what's wrong with the church world today? The church world? What's wrong with the church world today? The church is destroying herself from the inside, not the outside. The church is destroying herself from the inside. You know what's wrong with the church world today? Christians can't get along. Christians can't get along. Christians won't support one another. Christians pick and choose what they're going to do. I'm talking about church Christians. True Christians, it don't matter. True Christians are going to support everything that's going on. Church Christians are going to say, I do this, do this, do this, but I'm not doing this. I don't like that preacher. Some of you don't like me, I, and I understand that. And I, and I respect that. I respect that. I respect that. Some, some, some don't like me, and that's okay, because I'm not supposed to be liked by everybody. But what I would like to happen is I'd like to see the whole church love and being cared for me, and I know the majority, most of you do. Maybe I shouldn't have made that statement right then, but I did because, you know, you can feel it every once in a while. You just feel that. Amen? But church Christians choose and pick what they're going to do. Who are they gonna who are they gonna work with? Who are they gonna serve with? Who are they gonna do this with? Who are gonna do that? Let me tell you something. A true follower of Jesus, Jesus Christ didn't, 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 didn't deny nobody. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't push nobody away. He accepted everybody that came along. Come on, help me out. Even his disciples were in a mess at times. 
and he told them, listen what he did. He told them at, at the Last Supper, he said, one of you is going to deny me. And he knew all the time who it was. It was Judas. He knew it was Judas. He knew all the time. He knew what Judas had done all the way up to that particular moment. And when he said, one of you is going to deny me, I can see them right now looking at one another. Is it me? Hey, Peter, do you think it's me? Peter said, well, do you think it's me? Why? Because he loved them all equal. He never put one down. He always encouraged. He always lifted them up. And when he said, one of you is going to deny me, they had no clue who it was. And then he said, the one that's up to cup. And then he told me, he said, what you do, you go do quickly. What you do, you do quickly. And he went out. And for 30 pieces of silver, he betrayed our Lord. Not only did he betray him, he went to where he was in the garden of Gethsemane and told the guys, he said, I'll let you know who he is. The one I woke up betrayed our Lord with a kiss. To me, you can't get no sorry in that. Kissed him on the cheek. He's the one. And Peter <laughs> grabs his sword, boom, cuts the guy's ear off. True Christian. <laughs> he trying to protect the Lord. The Lord said, hold it. No, 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 no. What did Jesus do? He put, picked the ear up, went over there, said, you just lost this. Put it back up there, but you're going to be all right. Put it back on. That was his enemy. Listen to me. That was his enemy. If it had been us, hey, Peter, I'm glad you've done that. Boy, get you another couple more. <laughs> Seriously. That's what we said. Get that one right there. That one right there has really been a problem. See if you can get that one. No. He said, hold, son. That ain't the way we do it. We don't do it that way. We love people. We love people. Picks the ear up and goes to them and gives it back to them. Can you imagine what that guy thought? His head bleeding, his ear gone. And when Jesus goes over and picks it up and just puts it back up there and moves his hand, it hangs on. He done it. I can tell you this, until the day that man died, he never forgot what Jesus did for him that day. Can I tell you something? It's time for us church folks to start doing some things for people that they'll never forget what we did for them. But sometimes church folks are doing things for people and they don't never forget what they did because they've done them absolutely wrong. And then don't have the gall, Brother James, to walk up and say, look, I did you wrong, I'm sorry. No, they'll let it fester and fester and fester and fester until it gets out of, so bad out of shape that they're out the door. And 99.9% of the time, the ones that leave is the one that shouldn't live. Should have been the one that hurt the individual. They should have been the ones that live. Look out now. It's okay. I'm going to finish up right quick. I want to talk to you guys at the end of the service. Now, so do you have the marks of a follower of Jesus Christ, a Christian. If so, your life will be characterized by love for others and obedience to God's word. Somebody say love for others. First John chapter two, verse four, four through six says, he that saith I know him and keeping not his commandments is a what? She ain't got to be it. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar. 
Amen? And the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. We're supposed to be doing, a Christian is doing exactly what Jesus did the way Jesus did it. That's what a true Christian is. Whosoever says I know him but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in that person. And I'm finishing up. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whosoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. We must live as the Lord lived. Is that okay? Is that what we're supposed to be doing? Nothing never came from God. Nothing ever came from Jesus except love, care, mercy, and grace. I told you last week you got a little upset one time, throw the folks out of the church. But that was a spiritual madness. And there's a difference in spiritual madness and fleshly madness. Church Christians have fleshly madness. If they have spiritual madness, they'll be able to just overcome it, get over it, make it right, and keep on going. Amen? Is that okay? Let's everybody stand. I'm finishing up. So what is a Christian? A Christian is a true follower of Jesus Christ that walks as he walked, do as he did. Amen? Love as he loved, care as he cared, have mercy for one another. Amen. So whosoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus lived. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you this morning. God, that I am a Christian today. Am I, very, am, 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 I, am I one of the great Christians? I'm sometimes I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. But God, I do thank you, Master, for having mercy and grace for me. Father, I try my best, Lord, to do. I try my best to love everybody, God, I do. I try my best, Lord, and I give it all I've got, Lord. And I just praise you, Lord, for all you've done. But still, I'm not perfect. I've got a long ways to go. I understand that. And Master, I just thank you this morning because, God, you gave your only begotten son, Jesus Christ. He gave his life that I could live. Lord, the, the, the very best I could do is give my life for him for what he did for me. And Father, witness to others and tell them about the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That Father, the same Jesus I serve, they can serve. The same heaven I'm going to, they can go to. The same Lord I have, they can have God. And Father, the blessings of God can be theirs because we are adopted by the Father because your son Jesus Christ has accepted us, Lord. So everything, everything that Jesus has, we have. Everything in heaven he has, we have. And God, we're looking forward to that time when he's coming. I believe, God, it ain't, going to be, it ain't going to be long. Master, I believe with all my heart, you're going to just one of these days, very soon, Jesus, I believe, is sitting, at the right, right, sitting right on the edge of the seat right now. And you're going to say, son, go take your bride and go get your bride and bring her home. Master, I believe we're living in that time right now. And the generation right now that can see Jesus come back, I believe we're there. So God, just have your divine way. Help us, Lord, to be the very best we can be for the glory of God. It's not about us. It's about the saving knowledge of Jesus that we can win others to the kingdom of God. Master, we love you today. We thank you. We praise you. We glorify you. And Lord, we want to do all we can to reach out and bring the lost and dying world into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, I want to be a true Christian. I want to be that one that's a follower of Jesus Christ. Making disciples, Lord. We're supposed to be making disciples, Lord, every day of our life. We're supposed to be making disciples. In other words, reaching out and telling people about the Lord that loves them 
that cares for them. And through, them, through him, they can be forgiven of every sin that's ever been committed. They can overcome their addictions. They can overcome all the, the weary trials that they have. And God, you give them the strength to come through, Lord, and give them victory. Father, help us, Lord, to be that true Christian for the glory of God. And we give you the praise, the glory, and honor for everything in Jesus' name. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Thanks for tuning in to our live stream here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church. If you want more information about our church, go to our website, pinelevelphc.org. That's pinelevelphc.org. You can check out pictures, events coming up. Also, watch other services that you may have missed. Also, you can download our free app through the Google Play or the iOS App Store. You can watch our services live or on demand. And you can get push notifications about upcoming events here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church, as well as check out other information that's going on. Here. Also, Facebook users search Facebook for uh, Pine Level PHC and you can like our page on Facebook, get notifications when we go live, check out pictures and other things that we post through Facebook. If you're a YouTube fan, go to YouTube, search Pine Level PH Church and subscribe to our channel and get notifications when we go live. You can watch our services live or on demand through YouTube. We also have a podcast available for the people who can't watch. You can listen while you drive or work. Go to your favorite podcast provider or you can go to our website website or the app for the quick link to the podcast. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. Tune in again Sunday morning at 1030 or Sunday night at 6 p.m. and Wednesday at 7. God bless.